Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Cool. Take a sip of water. Good call. Well, I literally just walked through the door. Threw a shirt on, caught her today. Nice. All right. <clears throat> This one's going to be called C in a row, like SEA, like Seattle. Nice. All right. <laughs> I literally just thought <clears throat> I was like, I like usually have this like way ahead of time, but I never do. All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And we are back to talk about our third win in a row, Brian. I don't remember the last Ooh. time I've said that. Three wins in a row when we thought the season was over and the team was down. How are you feeling today? Hey, I could get used to this, man. If we're talking about wins every week, sign me up for that. But you're absolutely right. I felt like we were going to just kind of phone in the rest of this season, but it's nice to go on a little run here. And right now you're sitting at the seventh seed with everything in front of you, feeling pretty good about the the rest of the season and the way this team's playing. Yeah, we were looking at the draft. We were like, all right, season's over. Yeah. What's the plan for next year? We're already who's, making who's like – Who's my QB? Who, what, yeah. what, am I, what am I looking at? What spot are we at? What's the free agent market looking like? like we, were, we were making moves already saying this team was over, but still three and it's impressive wins against impressive teams. Mm-hmm. So like, against all odds, we've been winning games. We started with the Bucks to go on this good little run. And speaking of odds – Bet Online is our sponsor for the show, and Bet Online is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the rest of the NBA and NFL season. It has all of your props and odds and lines that are better than ever, guys. So check out Bet Online, which remains your number one spot for your sports betting. All you have to do is head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. Like I said, guys, whether it's basketball, football, boxing, heck, NHL, doesn't matter. They've got you covered for it, even some little poker on a side game, which I'm never good at, by the way. I think they cheat somehow. (laughs) Vegas always knows how to get the money. But like I said, guys, the house keeps the money, right? Yeah. Yeah, they always do. It never fails. But BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to make all of your sports bets. BetOnline, where the game starts. And this one started out, I was a little worried. I was like, all right, you know, Monday Night Football. It's against Seattle. Russ is back. You know, he's putting up the hype videos about his finger. It's his birthday. Yeah, it's his birthday. Like, he's feeling himself kind of thing. But, man, this team really is on this roll. And we said how we weren't really playing as a team like the beginning of the season. No. And then even like when the Chiefs game, like when we had this, you know, we looked good. We were holding Mahomes down. It just seems like it all falls apart because they weren't playing as a team. But I feel like right now they really are playing as like a unit, especially on defense. I think the offense is rolling. We'll talk about getting some, how we got some key pieces back to really, you know, get things rolling on offense. But this game really didn't feel like a 17-15 win. It felt like we were just blowing them out the entire Absolutely. game. Like We just had control. It was like in a UFC fight. We just took them down to the ground, and we were just ground and pounding for five minutes. The round was over. All right, we're going to do it again <laughs> until the fight's over. So, I mean, like I said, the, the score didn't really feel like that. Did you feel like we just dominated the whole time? Yeah, it was really weird. You know, it, it's weird to say that about a Russell Wilson team, a, a Seahawks team led by Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, but it kind of is where they're at right now. But, yeah, it was so strange. And I was like, I feel really good about this game, and I don't feel like it's in jeopardy. Obviously, that changed there at the end but yeah this felt like it was a 30 to 10 type of ball game where you were kind of coasting down the stretch but I think that you know if there's some stuff to nitpick about it's not putting the team away not going up by a couple of scores like they could have and probably should have but 
yeah, this this felt like a, a really dominant win. You're absolutely right. It didn't feel like a two-point game. It felt like a two-touchdown game, and it felt like the offense was largely, for the most part of the game, able to do really what they wanted to, and the defense just kind of imposed their will, uh, you know, what we expected all season long. And it's 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 been really impressive coming out of the bye how this team has kind of gelled together, like you said, on defense. You know, losing your, your top two pass rushers is tough, but maybe this team, uh, you know, you never want to lose those guys, but maybe this team, especially on defense, has kind of rallied around each other and been like, all right, we get we, we can't rely on – a, a superstar we gotta all put it together and and, and pull on on one rope and pull in one direction and and they really have started to do that on defense and i think the offense has been a little bit ahead of them already and is, is really starting to gel and we're starting to see some cohesiveness on both sides of the ball and man this team is this team is dangerous heading into de- december and it's a lot of fun to talk about that and to even say that yeah, so let's let's start with the offense because, like I said, it feels like they've been clicking the last few weeks, and they've just been kind of waiting on the defense to pick up, which really did in that uh, the Tampa Bay game. You know, getting the turnovers on Tom Brady, I feel like that momentum has been carried over. So Taylor Heineke, we talked about him a little bit, you know, before the season, what we thought of him. Like, all right, let's give it some time. My main challenge was like, go win these big games, and he has been. Like I said, yep. Tampa Bay, you know, Monday Night Football, finally. You know, Seahawks, I feel like we've always played them good. Like, I feel like that's always been, like, a, such a tough game for us over the years. Like, you know, not even just the RG3 game, but, like, the I think it was another Monday night game where we beat them. Was it Colt McCoy, wasn't it? I can't, I can't a remember. Years ago. I know, I know that, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins went into Seattle with a makeshift offensive line, but you're absolutely right. Even if they haven't beaten them, they've been close games. It just felt like you couldn't always get over the hump against Russ, who was always the boogeyman for this team for whatever yeah. reason. Who might be in Washington next year because he's clearly frustrated. So it's it a nice little audition if, if, if he is. I appreciate you coming up just short there, sir, and uh, would love to have you in D.C. Yeah, I'm sure he was like, all right, you know, this team's not too bad. I wouldn't mind joining them. But Taylor Heineke, uh, 27 for 35, 223, one touchdown and one interception, which I said at the time was a bad throw, and I didn't mean like actual pass-wise was a bad throw. Like I think it was a beautiful pass. I just yeah. think it was a really bad decision. Right. You know, throwing it a double coverage with your tight end who's just coming back from injury, who got laid out on the play, by the way. It was just a really good defensive play, popping it up. Jamal Adams finally got an interception. He probably, you know, said, send this ball to Canton because this is like the only interception I'm ever going to get <sighs> for that, you know, terrible trade by the, for, you know, the Jets who have like two picks in the top six now because of Seattle. But for me, it was just Heineke stepping up saying, like, I'm not afraid of, you know, Tom Brady. I'm not afraid of Russell Wilson. I'm going to defend our home field. And just coming out and balling out. What's your assessment of Heineke right now compared to how it was before? Because we were harsh on him. Like, we we're saying, like, he's not it. Are you more comfortable saying, like, if we don't draft the guy, it's okay. I, I like Heineke as our starter. He can win us games. Or are you still like, I, I kind of want that franchise guy still? Ah, man, it's it's a roller coaster. And I feel like my, my answer has changed throughout the season. Obviously, you know, I, I went to high school with the guy, always rooting for him, a hometown guy being down here from Atlanta. Um, so I want to see him do well. But then for a little bit, he really wasn't. He was struggling. And now, like you said, he's put together three impressive wins. I know Cam Newton's not the same guy, but you got to think that going to Carolina with that atmosphere, with Cam returning and to go in there and go toe-to-toe, and get a win there. And then you mentioned uh, Russ and, and Tom. It's impressive what he's doing. Um, you know, I, I like what he's doing. I still feel like he's he can't necessarily make all of the throws that you're looking for for a, a big-time 
QB one, but man, that you know, at the end of the day, it's winning ball games, and that's what he's been able to do over this stretch. And uh, it's hard to to nitpick that. Obviously, I think you still probably need a quarterback, but you got to feel good here as the season has gone on, especially through November into December with Taylor Heineke. You got you got to feel good if he has to step in down the road. If he is your starter, you know, for whatever reason, you got to feel good that he can at least be serviceable. And that's that's a that's a big change than than I think we were saying, you know, at the end of October, you know, against Denver, we felt like it was about done. Are we going to see Kyle Allen? So kudos to to Taylor Heineke for turning it around and really making a, a big statement. Not just a not just these wins, which is obviously the most important, but then how he's played. I just think he's taking care of the football. Like you said, the interception was tough. It was probably not the best decision, but the rest of the game was pretty spotless. And, man, it's it's been fun to watch him, and I can't wait to see what this Sunday brings. Yeah, that, that's a big thing for me is, you know, like you said, taking care of the ball, making better decisions, not forcing things, just kind of playing looser, you know, playing yeah. his game, saying, like, I'm going to take what the defense has given me. And not just like try to be in the homes, try to be Aaron Rodgers, anything like that. Just beat Taylor Heineke. That's it. Yeah. It, it felt like he was saying that for what felt like a, a couple of months. Like, I just got to get back to being me. But these last three games, he's absolutely done. He's actually walked the walk and, and backed it up. It hasn't been empty words. So, yeah, that, that's been really great to see. Yeah. And for me, the MVP on the offense this game was Antonio Gibson, who had his career high in rushes at 29. Also had seven catches, which is a ton. Him and JD McKissick had a ton of catches um, Monday night, Uh, but 111 yards rushing for Antonio Gibson, which to me is impressive because, you know, he's been fighting these injuries, has been banged up and dinged up. You know, he's had a fumble problem. We've called him out on it and, Mm -hmm. you know, took care of the ball and just ran the ball. It seemed like at will against Seattle. And then same with J.D. McKissick. I know he went out, had that concussion. He's still dealing with that. Um, but still, he had uh, 56 all-purpose yards with that touchdown before he got hurt. So And, I, and like we knew the running game was going to be good against Seattle. That's their like weakness. But for me, just seeing those two just take control of the game and say, like, look, we're not going to fumble the ball. When we do get the ball, we're going to cu- make our cuts. We're going to use our vision. And Taylor Gibson looks so much better as a runner. It seems like every single week. like He is so quick to hit the holes and find where he needs to be and follow his blockers. And that's a huge shout-out to the offensive line, too. Oh, yeah. And we'll talk about all the injuries that they've been dealing with. But for me, I feel like a big thing for this game was just being able to just run the ball and dominate the run game. They were talking Ooh. about that one drive, how uh, – I forgot who was calling the game. It was someone who used to play. Uh, might have been Riddick or uh, Greasy. I think it, it was either Riddick or Greasy. I can't remember who it was, but they said like these these drives where it's just running the ball and just pounding and just draining. They're talking about like how exhausting it is. Like I would rather a team you know do like one deep throw than just run the ball at you at will down the entire right. field and just just it's a physical game at that point. So they're just saying like, how exhausting it was, and you could tell. Their, their defense was exhausted so many times throughout the game. I mean, Jamal Adams is like throwing his hands up like, guys, we can't stop the run. Like, what are we doing? Right. Bobby Wagner had like 100 tackles, it seems like, but he was the only one really doing anything for them. But how impressed were you by the run game, just being able to just control that defense and do whatever they really wanted, honestly? There's something to be said about imposing your will, and they absolutely did that. Those five hogs up front, uh, I think I saw something that uh, Taylor Heineke said, their eyes light up when when he calls a running play. And you can tell, they just want to go out there and maul guys. And it doesn't matter who it is. As you mentioned uh, briefly, the 
the injuries that seem crazy and they're piling up. And I think you and I might be in line to play some center on Sunday, uh, the way this is going. But it. yeah, yeah, exactly. But the way the way this the way this offensive line is going, I mean, they they it doesn't matter if they're a starter or not coming in there. They just want to hit guys, and, and you love to see that. And it's been huge for. Uh, how well they played. I mean, you think about the drive against Tampa Bay, being able to run the clock and, and dominate possession. And then again, uh, against Carolina, almost what, 200 rushing yards. And then uh, on Monday night, it, it's it's a big formula of why they've been playing really well. And I think it's helped Taylor Heineke out. It's allowed him to take care of the ball and make easy throws, especially when the run game is working and, and you know, popping off three, four yards of carry easily. It's it's impressive, and it, it should have been more. Uh, the bad Brandon Sheriff uh, holding penalty on fourth and one. I mean, that was a thirty-seven yard gain that was wiped off. Um, couldn't convert on third and fourth and one, which is an issue that they need to to figure out. But uh, it, it's just crazy to say that you know you wanted more from that that already dominant Russian attack, and I think that's going to be key down down the stretch as you play. You know the old adage: you play cold weather games. It's it's good to be able to run the football, and this team is is doing that very well. And it's a lot of fun to watch, and I think it's I think it's a formula that's, that's sustainable for them. You know, run run the heck out of the ball, dominate time of possession, and and not let the other teams have the ball. I mean, that's a pretty good formula to winning games, and, and they just got to continue with it and capitalize on on those drives when they get the chance. Yeah, and you mentioned like the third and short, fourth and short. I feel like we should be a really good team at converting that, honestly, when you look at Humphreys and J.D. McKissick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it helps, you know, of course, Terry McLaurin does his thing, you know, the the huge uh, catch um, against Tampa Bay. Like, he's just – I feel like we have so many weapons that can get these conversions. I don't I don't know why we're struggling so much with it. Have, you know, Curtis Samuel back now, and, of course, Logan Thomas, who was huge. But, like, if, if you remember, like, that Giants game, like that final drive when Adam Humphreys is, like, getting short yards, mm-hmm. the same with J.D. McKissick, like, like, the little wheel route and stuff like that. Like, I feel like we should be so much better at it. So, yeah, that's, like, the only thing I'm really nitpicking about the offense right now is – but it's it's big. Like, if you're not making those yeah, conversions yeah. and you're not stretching the field, like, it can come back and get you. I saw someone tweet a picture of Peyton Barber, and I'm like, you know what? I'd, <laughs> rather, I'd, I'd love a Peyton Barber because, you know what, 1.2 yards gets you is a first down in those situations. They, they absolutely – need to figure it out and you're right it feels like nit- nitpicking especially when th- they dominated the way that they did on the ground but they seem just so predictable in those fourth and uh third and fourth and shorts and i don't know if you caught it on the broadcast i swear they said that they they run almost 100 percent of the time on third and fourth and one like i just want to tell scott turner it's okay to to fire one over to terry to get a quick first down even in a short yard situation you don't have to bring in an extra lineman or you know go right up the middle on, on those short yards. You can get a little more creative. So yeah, I think they, they got to figure that out because short yardage could be the Achilles heel for this team. But if they're able to do that, it, it's crazy to think that this, this attack could be even more potent. Yeah. And like, and like I mentioned, you know, obviously Curtis Samuel's back didn't have a huge impact, you know, one catch nine yards, but just having him on the field, getting that feeling back, he says he feels really good. It helps out the rest of the team because you have to account mm-hmm. for him. You know, DeAndre Carter has been killing it. But still, you know, Curtis Samuel is just a different beast compared to DeAndre Carter, frankly. And then Logan Thomas, you notice right away, as soon as he gets on the field, like Heineke is like, thank God. <laughs> I yeah. love throwing to this guy. And you could tell, and like I said, it wasn't a huge, you know, stat wise. It should have been better, obviously. He had three catches, 31 yards, and that should have been a touchdown. I'm, I'm really torn on that. 
I think it did touch the ground, but I think he had complete control of it in his hands. Like it didn't help the catch. It just touched the ground. Right. Like, completely different. My, so, like, my, my thing with it is that it goes against what replay is for. If you call yeah. it a touchdown, that is, you, you couldn't decide that, that it, it, it was different there. So you just keep it. If it takes you that long, I think they were saying that on the broadcast. If it takes you that long, just keep it. If you had called it an incomplete, I would have been fine. Just keep it incomplete. There's no way you can overturn it there. And it it almost, almost affected the outcome of the game. And, uh, yeah, that's another thing that it, it's hindsight's 2020, but that was, that was tough. Yeah, that was a killer. And that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, it felt like that could have been, like, that was, like, the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. But then we're like, all right, well, now, of course, Seattle gets the ball back and Russ did what he does. But that's why I didn't feel like it was a close game. Like, we knew, we all knew that was a touchdown. Right. But just seeing and, him back on the field and that big body, that red zone target that we talked about, like that is that is like the guy for the red zone is Logan Thomas. That's the catches he makes against Philly last year when he got up high pointed the ball. Yeah. Like that's what we've been missing. So I think that's just another weapon that we're getting back that Taylor Heineke's like, look, I missed you. Well, <laughs> I needed you so bad. You're thinking on defense. You're absolutely right. When you have speed guys like Terry McLaurin and hopefully now Curtis Samuel back and then a you know a slot possession guy like Adam Humphreys, these are all shorter guys. Your eyes as a defender are going to go to that six-foot-six guy. And even if you're not throwing him the football, he's at least going to take eyes away from somebody else and, and, and should hopefully help this team in the red zone moving forward. Uh, yeah, it was great to see him back out there, and he absolutely should have been rewarded with that touchdown there. It was another one of those drives. It felt like the Tampa Bay game where they were about to put it away. 16 plays, 84 yards. I guess it should have been more than that if they would have actually given him the touchdown. So, um, yeah, it was great to have him back out there. And you got to think that he's just going to continue to get healthier and, and play a big part in December. Yeah, and let's talk about the defense. We talked about how they've been playing well. It seems like they're finally clicking. And it's really weird. Like, we thought it was like all doom and gloom. You know, Montez, mm-hmm. Montez Sweat's been out. Obviously, Chase Young's out for the season. How surprised are you at how well this team is just really clicking? Like, I don't I don't know if it's like hand in hand. Like you said, like, oh, like, you know, we kind of were just relying on, you know, those two guys to make the big plays. And now the whole rest of the team's like, all right, we need to make our own plays, not rely on these two guys up front. Like, what do you think it is? Like, what, what's your actual thought of like why the team's actually clicking now with those two off the field? I I don't know if this is popular, but I I think that maybe uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young they're obviously freaky talented and and unbelievably athletic. But you got to think with that comes maybe the thought maybe I don't need to play exactly within the scheme. Maybe I can go and and wreck the game on my own. And maybe there was a little bit of that. You know, I guess they would call it in basketball hero ball. You know, just give me the ball and let me do it. Maybe there was a little bit of that. You know what? I'm, I'm a beast, and, and you are, 90 and 99, absolutely are. Um, but there's something to be said about playing within the scheme, and maybe there was some of that that was causing some issues, and maybe there was some of that that was leading to, to big plays and to leading to disappointing outcomes in the first uh, part of the season. So it's interesting. I mean, obviously, do I want Montez Sweat and, and Chase Young out there? Absolutely. But maybe there was a little bit of them trying to t- do too much, and now there's there's eleven guys out there that are are staying within the scheme, and it, it's paying off because I saw some guys flying to the ball and flying around, and we saw a couple of big plays given up. But I mean that happens in the NFL. It's it's what you do after that. It's how you respond, 
and they, they seem to respond way better. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't want to say that I don't want 90 and 99 out there, but it, there's no coincidence. I mean, you know, maybe it is a coincidence that the, the, the defense is, is playing better. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we were hyping up before the season saying like, will they break like the, the sack record, like as a right. duo, like just putting all this on them. Like, I don't know if it's like our expectations or what really has made this like click, or maybe it's just the defense is clicking at the right time. Like saying, yeah. like, we all just need to step up and get better because we were terrible to start well, the season, but well, there's, there's, there's also part of the bye week. I mean, the bye week came at the oh, same yeah. time and that that's a really good time to get re-energized and you hope that they're kind of self-reflecting on everything. So th- there, there are a bunch of different factors. I don't want to make it sound like we're blaming uh, Montez sweat and chase young for the issues no, yeah, of the absolutely. defense. Cause it was everybody, but uh, it is it, regardless. It's nice to see the defense playing better. I've never seen William Jackson fly to the football like that all season yeah. long. And, and he, he's really been doing that. Landon Collins, who we've kind of given some grief to, he's flying all over the place he's too. He's popping so, fumbles now, yeah. Yeah, something, something's clicking, and it's it's happening at the right time. Yeah, and Russell Wilson was sacked twice, but if you watch the game, he was getting pressure all night long. And I think it's very safe to say that Jonathan Allen is the clear best player on this team. Every week, it doesn't he's matter who's hurt. Being able to just dominate, the way that he does, it doesn't matter if drawing pains next to him. Uh, if it's, uh, Matt Ioannidis, if it's Tim settle, it doesn't matter. Every single play he gets in on the, actually, he does what he does and that he feeds off of whoever is next to him. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, him and drawing pain play together at Alabama. So they've always had that connection, but if you watch how well they actually all play together in the middle of that line, it is insane. Like I think the, the defense is really revolving around Jonathan Allen. Now, I don't think it was really all about, you know, Chase gets like the commercials. He gets the spotlight. You know, he gets a little NFL channel previews and stuff like that. But I swear this defense is all around Jonathan Allen. Like it runs through him getting his pressures. His pressures helps out the linebackers. It helps out the secondary because Russell Wilson was did not have time to throw the ball. And like I said, William Jackson was all over the place. DK Metcalf only had one catch on four targets. He, he's been struggling lately, but being yeah. able to lock him down like that a big body wide receiver who, you know, usually gives us fits, but that's what we really got William Jackson for is to be a press physical corner on these big guys like Kenny Galladay right. and DK Metcalf. And he's shown up, you know, started a little rough, but I think mm-hmm. the whole scheme's coming together. Like you said, everyone's playing where they're comfortable and just thriving in their own spots. Look, yeah, look, I mean, Tyler Lockett, you know, had a couple of big plays, but they, yeah, he they a 55 yarder, like he got some chunk yards, but it's going to happen. Like it's Russell Wilson. Yeah. They, they, but it's minimizing the damage. And I feel like they really did that. Like you said, shutting down DK Metcalf, they were talking about, you know, here it comes, here it comes. He's going to make a big play by the end and he didn't at all. Never. And so yeah. that that's huge to, to be able to do that. You know, I'm all, you know, the, the NFL is an offensive driven league, so it's going to happen. You're going to have these big flashy wide receivers. That's what the NFL wants is those guys making plays and spectacular catches. It's when you can shut them down and make a difference and make a difference in key situations like the corners did. I mean, Kendall Fuller pulling down the interception on the two point conversion. I mean, that's what it's about. It's about yeah. making plays when it matters. You can give up as, as many yards as you want, but as long as you lock them down in the end, and don't give up, uh, you know, six points, I'll take it. And, and, and that's great to see. Yeah, and if it wasn't for that last drive, which honestly probably couldn't have been, say if we had a kicker or if, 
you know, that was a touchdown by Logan Thomas and we had to kick it off, you know, kill a little bit more time. There's just a lot of factors into it. Like, sure. If we didn't give up that last touchdown, holding a Russell Wilson team to nine points, that is a huge feather in your cap because mm-hmm. he does have Lockett and he does have DK Metcalf and uh, Everett at tight end, who he loves, by the way. He got targeted nine times and only had five catches for 37 yards. Did have that touchdown. And got still, rocked like said, by our fan. Yeah. Get that out of here, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> Who you think you are? <laughs> Get out of here, son. I love that play. But just being able to shut down a Russell Wilson team, like I can't stress that enough. I don't care who's the head coach. I don't care whose offensive mm-hmm. line is. He has great wide receivers, and he's Russell Wilson. Like there's nothing that dude can't do. And to me, that's that's probably been the most important impressive performance this this year by the defense you know i know what we did against tom brady the turnovers stuff like that he was in a slump anyways but still holding russell wilson like that on monday night that plays a part in it don't act like it doesn't because we've always yeah. been so bad at it being able to hold him like that to me was just as impressive as well, it gets. well and what was the knock on the defense last year well what what quarterbacks are they doing it against well yeah. you, russell you've, done, was- you've done it now against against tom brady Cam Newton obviously is not the same player, but like we said, getting charged up coming back to Carolina, that matters. It's the same thing with Russ on Monday night. It, it matters the situation. But then to do it against Russell Wilson, like you said, you got to give your your cap tips to this this defense, and it, it's been impressive. Yeah, and big you know hat tip to Shaka Tony, who has been like that physical freak we've been waiting for. Love yeah. this game at Penn State, just kind of really waiting to see Can- when we actually use them. Do you know how many snaps he played? I want to say was it six? I think I think I saw five. Five, five snaps six. is what Ben Standig had for a snap count. Okay, Either way, I, I mean, you got to play him more than that. I mean, that that's impressive. Well, and I would say like with these injuries, Casey Tuhill has looked really good. Mm-hmm. Like he's looked. I won't say like elite, but he's been like very serviceable. He's looked good. He's made big plays on the edge. And now we see Shaka Tony. You know, we saw a little bit of Jason Smith Williams. Haven't seen much of William Bradley King, but like I have been waiting for Shaka Tony just because I knew exactly what kind of athletic freak he is. And he just goes over and straight right. bullies Russell Wilson and shoves him to the ground and says, you know, Chase Young, this is what you should have done to Matt Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hit him with a little no bit doubt. of a uh, rock bottom. But, and then Cam Curl. Coming down like that from his spot, it kind of reminded me of like a young Landon Collins, honestly, like back at Alabama, you know, mm-hmm. back when he was with the Giants making the Pro Bowl, like being able to blitz from that safety spot, huge. Um, so seeing these young guys come out and just get excited, like you saw Cam Krill get up, you know, do like the little guitar uh, strum, like rock star move with the sacks. So just this team feels like they're thriving off of each other's success. Big exactly. plays, big sacks. Everyone's just like, you know, doing poses after big plays and stuff like that. It's like, that's what I've been waiting for. So being able to lock down DK Metcalf, hold Seattle to only 15, should have been nine, you know, if we didn't get cheated at the end. And just holding Russell Wilson like that's where he looks defeated. And he's really, he's got to be contemplating if he's staying in Seattle. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't like, I feel like they can add a few things. But like, if you look on paper at how good they are as a team, their defense sucks, but still. Like it's good enough to be winning more games than they are right now. Like they should not be nearly as bad as they are right now. Russell Wilson's got to be thinking of leaving, whether it's Washington, whether it's New Orleans, it doesn't matter. Like he should be getting out. So you got to feel good about it. If you're contemplating making a guy leave, like Oklahoma state did to Lincoln Riley, forced him to go to USC a few hours after the game. That's another victory on top of victory, being able to do that in prime time. 
at home where everyone just makes fun of us. Being the, being the straw that broke the camel's back, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like they they broke the Steelers last year, and maybe they broke uh, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, and maybe they'll 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 benefit from that. I, I would love to see Russ come to to DC, but yeah, it's it, there's something to be said about being the reason that a team gives up. Uh, gives up hope for a season because Seattle. I mean, Seattle's done now. Oh, even yeah. even in the the mediocre NFC, being three and eight or whatever they are, they're, they're out of it. And you're absolutely right. It feels nice to be the, the 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 reason for that. Well, especially in their division. I mean, you've got the Cardinals, the 49ers, and the Rams. They're finishing yep. dead last. Like they yep. stand no chance at the playoffs. Um, but yeah, we broke the Panthers. Got Ron Rivera out of it. So maybe we can break yeah. Seattle and get Russell Wilson. I'm not saying I want Pete Carroll, uh, but I'll gladly take Russell Wilson any day. Um, but it was big news. Uh, Joey Sly going down with a hamstring injury. He's down for a minimum three weeks, probably longer. I mean, he's a mm-hmm. kicker. His legs yeah. is like really all he uses. I'd much rather him have like a torn shoulder or something like that. And it seemed like it gave out. Like the fact that he just oh, kind yeah. of fell there. Yeah, it did not look good. Look like me skiing. I it just yeah. straight collapsed to his butt, and he's like, "Yep, I I knew." Then <laughs> he said, "He's like, it was funny because he put the picture on Instagram, and the caption was like trying to, you know, do the DK Metcalf in front of DK, and then I just got sniped out of the play." And that's exactly yeah. what it looked like. Those videos were like the guy oh, yeah, shoots yeah. the gun. He's like, "Oh, <laughs> that's literally exactly what it looked like." I'm so, going down. Down goes Sly, and then in comes Brian Johnson, who I think is another Virginia Tech kicker. That name just sounds yeah. familiar. Um, so one hokey out, one hokey in, and then we also get Logan Thomas back. So we got a little hokey farm going just like Ohio state and Alabama, but still like, I'm concerned about this. Like I know like kickers are hit or miss, but I feel like Joey Sly has been good. Like, I feel like I felt good. I thought, you know, we were getting some momentum going like, mm-hmm. all right, we've got our kicker for the rest of the year. Let's see how this plays out. And then boom. And they said Ron Rivera at like halftime. And like after the game was like, yeah, we're, we're trying our kickers. Like we need a, Who's out there? Like, we got to get things going quick because yeah. he's going to be practicing, you know, tomorrow. So, are you at all concerned about this? And, like, h- how high are you in your radar? I'm at like a nine, honestly, because I feel like with these games, especially NFCs coming up, it's going to be close. The Giants are going to play as close. The Eagles are going to play as close. The Cowboys are certainly going to play as close if everyone's, you know, not got COVID. We could be in some situations where it's like there's game winning field goals to be made. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's the continuity. You felt like Joey Sly was finally going to kind of put a patch on that kicker situation. He knew Ron Rivera. He knew the area and all that. So, yeah, it's kind of tough in a couple of different ways. The one thing, you know, I don't feel as bad as you, maybe not a nine per se. I, I do think it, it could be an issue. And you're absolutely right. Close division games. Death, I mean, they come down to kickers. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Um, but I think that this offense is doing a pretty good job of moving the football and you hope that they can punch it in for some touchdowns to where the kicker doesn't hopefully doesn't have a lot of uh, impact on the game. But, you know, there's still extra points. I mean, we saw that, you know, even with with Joey Sly, he got his extra point blocked or, you know, whatever the issue was. But uh, I just hope that the offense can continue to click and maybe, you know, put in some touchdowns to where you're not relying on an inexperienced kicker anyway. Um, but it, it did feel it did feel kind of deflating, you know, one of those things coming out of a big win uh, to lose a guy uh, like that. So hopefully they can figure it out. Hopefully Brian Johnson just kind of steps right in and and gets the job done. But we know this team's history with kickers. I say history. We know this team's, you know, experience with kickers <laughs> this season. 
Uh, so hopefully uh, Brian Johnson can figure it out. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be something to monitor uh, through the, this last stretch. Yeah. I just have, you know, terrible blew it PTSD from that short run. Uh, I think was, that's what I texted. Enough. That's what I texted you. I said, as long as he's not coming back, I feel okay about it. But uh, you know, it's, it's never good to, to have a revolving door uh, around that, that kind of operation, especially with a, a rookie long snapper who has been inconsistent, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I just, I, I, and it, even if we do score like touchdowns, I just don't want to be stuck in a position. Like, Hey, we have to go for two because this yeah. kicker sucks. And Cause that I mean, was their he, first two point conversion. And I don't know how long. Yeah. I just, I, I'm not trying to make it, you know, think of like, Oh geez, like we're doomed kind of thing. But like, you have to think it's a huge, it's a huge thing. This is the this is the part of the season where I said before the season started, like the healthiest team wins the NFC East. The Cowboys is not looking good. Giants is not looking good. We have a chance, but we can't mm-hmm. blow it on something as stupid as a kicker making extra points. Um, but speaking of injuries, like we said, uh, Landon Collins has a foot injury. Um, Schweitzer went down with his ankle, which looked nasty, by the way. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a lot of weight on that ankle. And then same with Tyler Larson uh, and his knee. Keith Ishmael stepped in for the first time. Finally seeing him, a guy out of San Diego State that I really liked, stepped in like no problem. And he played a lot of guard. He played a lot of center in college, uh, but came and sat center spot and just held his own right there at the end of the game. So I was happy about that. Uh, but then, of course, J.D. McKissick has his concussion. So not looking too good for Sunday, more than likely, because um, that was pretty bad. Like I, yeah. And I tweeted out. scary. Yeah, I knew it was a concussion. Like I could tell, like as soon as it happened, I was like, "That's weird." I was like, "Yeah, it's a concussion." But still, yeah. like, it's a Monday night game, shorter week. That one extra, that that one day makes a big difference, right? I just, I don't know if he plays Sunday. Like, do you think he does? Uh no, I don't think he does, especially uh, with the division games coming up. I mean, you'd I mean rather have... Juice has had his for a while. Like, yeah, his lasted yeah. a long time. He's he's still like listed like on the injury report as concussion too. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, uh, you don't mess around with concussions. They they can take their toll on guys different ways. And especially so yeah, running backs. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I I definitely wouldn't I wouldn't rush him back at all. He's so valuable to you that you'd rather lose him here for a game or two to have him. You know, for the last four games or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I would be shocked if he played on Sunday, just especially because this is an AFC game. Obviously you want to win every game, but you'd rather have him around for those division games coming up. Um, just hope he can, he get, can get back out there. Cause like, like we were saying, it, it was scary for a second there that, you know, it took so long, you know, you, you can always tell when you're watching on the game, when it takes a couple of, of commercial breaks, how serious it is. Yeah. And, and the uh, cart so, come out like that. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully he's okay, but um, we'll see. I would be shocked to see him on Sunday. Yeah. And for me, that's concerning because, you know, we have him, we have Jarrett Patterson. But like I said, Gibson just came off his career high 29 rushes. And he's been dealing with mm-hmm. that shin injury. Like he's still, once again, he's listed on like the practice report as like limited because of the shin. The last thing we need is Gibson getting like 35 touches. And like Patterson, he can get some touches too. But I feel like it's just it's a whole different game with JD McKissick in there. Me too. But I just you don't want to put all that weight on Gibson. Like you said before, this rush of NFC East games, the last thing you need is him getting hurt again. So I, I think that JD McKissick injury is pretty big if he doesn't play Sunday, which I really wouldn't uh you know consider him being able to play on Sunday with a concussion that soon. Because it was bad. It, it wasn't like a little small hit, like it was a pretty big pretty big one. 
Yeah, it makes you wonder if if Scott Turner and, and Ron Rivera on Sunday are looking to kind of maybe this is the week they they feed Terry or something like that, or they they, they force feed it to 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 Terry and to Logan, you know, kind of give the running backs a, a a breather there, like you're saying. I mean, obviously the game will dictate how it goes, and you know if Terry's double covered or whatever it is, you can't force it there, but you you just yeah. obviously you hope that Scott Turner can draw something up, like you said, to take away some of the uh, the pressure on any one guy, uh, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who's out there because JD McKissick has been so valuable on his little revenge tour against the Falcons and the, the Seahawks yeah. playing so big. Uh, you hate to see him go down, especially just, it's not just like a feel good story. It's like, he's been a huge part of this offense. And oh, so yeah. um, hopefully they can figure something out, but I, I think I trust Scott Turner to, to to draw something up. I feel like he's been doing a really good job outside of those those short yard situations. He's been doing a pretty good job on the offense. And Curtis Samuel was used as a you know in the running formation a lot mm-hmm. with Carolina, like a good chunk. Like it wasn't just a couple of selective plays. Like he ran the ball a lot. But once again, you know him just coming back from injury. The last thing I wanted is him getting you know guaranteed ten carries, something like that. Yeah, six, seven, even like that. I'm like, oh, guys, you know, kind of limit it because the last thing we need is that groin going out again and setting him back. So I like keeping him on like a little leash right now of like, you know, three targets or so, you know, until I mean, but he said he felt much better this week. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you do run the ball a little bit more with him this week, but we'll see. You kind of have to do something with JD McKissick being out because that's the that's run game and pass game. Yeah. JD McKissick. But we do get some weapons back. So that helps. But we do go to Las Vegas. Six and five Raiders just beat the Cowboys for us. Like you said, they've been Thank doing you, some favors, beating up on the NFC East. Hopefully they keep it easy on us. Um, but Derek Carr, he's been good this season. I feel like this is a guy that I really want in the offseason. Like if they were actually going to trade him, like you got to go get him. Mm-hmm. Some people call him like a West Coast Kirk Cousins. I think he's a little bit better than Kirk. I like his skills, his skill set a little bit more than Kirk. I think they're both ballers. I think Kirk deserves more roses than he gets. But Derek Carr really struggles in December. He's lost 19 of his 31 games in December. Like he thrives early in the season, September, October, November. He's like winning games. I feel good. And then boom, December comes. He must not like the cold. That's why he plays out in Las Vegas. Um, But just so many things that they've been through all season. I'll never forget. I forgot. I don't know who it was, but it's like this big time, like content creator for Las Vegas. And he's like, he said earlier, like, it wasn't even like after everything, like it was after Gruden, like all the Gruden stuff happened. He's like, man, it's so hard being a Raiders fan. Like we go through so much. I'm like, boy, with your Death Star stadium over there, that. come yeah. up here as a Washington fan. Like, you have no idea what it's like. Let me much show you what be. tough is. Yeah. Like with their brand new stadium, get that mess out of here. You just lost a coach. And I get it. Like the player stuff, Henry Ruggs thing, awful, tragic, Damon Arnett, stupid as could be. Mm-hmm. Your GM's making terrible draft picks. Like four of the last five first round picks have been awful. Josh Jacobs is the only one you got. And somehow Derek Carr still finds a way to put up big numbers and ball out. Mm. Um, he actually has the most passes of 20 plus air yards this season with 54. And, and of course, That's Deshaun crazy. Jackson is there now. So hopefully we don't see much of that on Sunday. I could see Deshaun Jackson kind of similar to JD McKissick having a little bit of a revenge toward it to play the, the, the Washington football team. I, I don't want to see him streaking down the sidelines. So it'd be nice to keep them in check for sure. 
but it's crazy to me like that he puts up numbers. Henry Ruggs was clearly the speed guy. He was right. absolutely the deep threat guy, and he's been gone, and he's still putting up big numbers. They lost, what, three straight before they beat the Cowboys? Like, they've been struggling, mm-hmm. but I promise you, it's not Derek Carr's fault. They've been finding a way to move the ball. You know, Josh Jacobs has been banged up. He is their bread and butter on that run game because that dude is a scoring machine. Like, if you play fantasy, you love Josh Jacobs. Right. Obviously, I love Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake because those are my Bamba boys. But he's literally been playing with, you know, Darren Waller, who's a top three tight end. I think he's probably two or three. But it's, you got to think that he, he's been underwhelming a little bit. And it yeah. just goes to what you're saying, though, that, that Derek Carr is still putting up these numbers with guys that have – been in and out of the lineup for various reasons. And uh, Hunter Renfro is your leading receiver. I mean, it is, it's impressive what he's doing. There, this is no slouch. I mean, you see the Raiders, like you said, lost three in a row. Big win against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. But you can't take them lightly, especially going out there. Um, I think Derek Carr could potentially have a big game. And so you got to be ready for that. Yeah, it, it seems like they do things they shouldn't be able to do in the passing game. Like I said, Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro being the leading wide receiver is wild to me. Obviously, mm-hmm. I have a, a hate beyond measurement of Hunter Renfro because of that? that stupid screenplay oh, of Clemson oh. in the national championship game. He lied, as crazy Tony <laughs> Brown said. Um, but still, like being able to do that, like Brian Edwards, I feel like he's a really good wide receiver. But he hasn't been able to do much mm-hmm. in that offense. Like I feel like he's finally coming out. But just with that limited offense being able to move the ball, it's impressive. But I feel like with how our defense has been playing lately, I don't see a way that they move the ball like that. Like, you double-team Waller if you have to. Like, that dude's a beast. He will catch anything. Like, he'll he'll make 10 catches a game, like, easy. Like, just do whatever you have to to catch that guy. Because if there's one thing that we struggle with, it's been, you know, continuous. It's been guarding tight ends. Right. It's been much better this season. But this could absolutely be a guy that just pounds the heck out of us, finds his zone, the little the spots of the zone, and just makes big plays on us. But outside of that, I'm not worried about Hunter Renfro. I'm not worried about Brian Edwards with the way that this defense is playing. Am I, am I right for feeling like that? Like, I'm not too worried about it. only thing I'm worried about is Derek Carr's arm because he's dang good. Hunter Renfro is a good route runner. He'll get some, separa- some separation. But I'm not really too worried about them stretching the field on us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw it last week. Even when they did give up a, a big play, they were able to limit it and and make sure that they weren't bitten by it in, in the end. So, yeah, you got to like the chances. It's really, you know, you can you can look at all the stats you want, but it's really how is the team playing lately? I mean, we can look at, uh, you know, the defense, you know, the season stats probably still look pretty awful for this this Washington defense. But over the last month, over the last three games, They've got to be up there at the top. I mean, that's just an eyeball test. I don't know the exact stats, but the way they've kept some of those offenses in check, especially on the ground, um, yeah, I I like their chances. And I think you're absolutely right. If they can limit uh, Waller, if they can limit, you know, um, um, Josh Jacobs from from having a big day, which they're not allowing rushing yards anyway, I really – I like their chances. And it, it seems crazy to say uh again with with chase young and montez sweat being out but with jonathan allen and deron Payne in yeah i really like their chances to to kind of not shut down but but keep in check this this raiders offense yeah because i feel like the raiders if they've had big games it's been josh jacobs scoring like at Mm -hmm. will it's been that running game really helping them out like you said people aren't running on us seattle Mm -hmm. had 12 rushes for 34 yards 
that is atrocious for them. Like that right. is not a way to help out Russell Wilson and their offensive line struggles. But you know, I feel like our defense is they're just they're not gonna let that happen. Like they know that they're gonna run the ball and Derek Carr is gonna try to feed off of that and make big plays. I just I don't really and I don't want to sound like too confident, but I just I don't see Josh Jacobs well, really just having like the game of his life against us and them scoring like twenty one points. Well, and it goes back to what we were saying. For whatever reason, something is clicking. Uh, maybe they're maybe they're watching film better, or maybe that you know they saw something, tweak something, but something seems to be where they're gelling to to where you got to be like they they feel confident. And like you said, we saw guys flying around and posing and all that. Like, where, when have we seen that? So uh, they feel like they've kind of got their swagger back and can, can continue to dominate uh, games, especially up front like that. Yeah, I, uh, you're right. I don't want to sound too biased. I don't want to sound too confident. But I, I, I like their chances, and I think that they can, uh, you know, make, make a couple of plays and then go give the offense the ball and let the offense, you know, control the the clock again. And like I said, that's a formula that that that'll win for you, even out in Vegas. Yeah, I feel like we've just been going in two opposite directions. You know, obviously they did beat the Cowboys, but before that, like I said, three straight in a row, they've just been going through it. You know, off the field well, stuff and just really struggling. And I feel like we're just trending in the right direction. So I feel like we're facing them at the right time. It's all about timing. Well, absolutely. And not to discount their win against the Cowboys, but you got to realize that the Cowboys were down their top two targets. It, it, it doesn't sound like Zeke is fully healthy. So, you know, that's an impressive win. Don't get me wrong to go beat Dallas on Thanksgiving on a national stage. Yeah. But you got to kind of look at it and say, hey, that's not that's not Dallas at their, you know, fire, firing on all cylinders. So. Um, that that might be a little deceiving that win there. I think you got to look back at the last month where they lost three in a row and were blown out in a couple of games. Yeah, I think if they did by some some chance like beat us like and just make us look bad, it's because Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson does what he does mm-hmm. and just gets deep, makes big home run plays so quick. I mean, you saw it against the Cowboys. He's just so fast. He can put seven on the board in a blink of an eye. And that's mm-hmm. just what he does. And he does it against us. He does it against everyone in the NFC East, apparently. Um, and that, and then just their defense. And if Heineke goes back to, you know, turning the ball over, Gibson fumbling the ball, you have a guy like Max Crosby and Yannick Ngoku. Yeah. Those are two nasty dudes. You want to talk about rushing the quarterback, things that we wish that Montez Sweat and Chase Young have been doing. Max Crosby's been looking really good this season. He has five sacks, but that guy is all over the place. His pressure rate is super high. Tackles for losses, he's up there. Yannick Nagoku has eight sacks and two forced fumbles this season. That was a huge get for them this season. Yeah. Might have overpaid for it, but still, he's putting up the numbers. He's getting production. So if, if they strip sack, you know, Taylor Heineke, and they get short field, and Josh Jacobs just pounds us for 10, 15 yards, and they score, it could happen. If we start turning the ball over again, we're playing away. This this isn't FedEx. We're going to mm-hmm. Las Vegas. So I feel like that's really like the only chance for them to make us come back to earth and look like the typical Washington team that we were expecting. But how we looked early in the season is just Heineke turning the ball over again and Gibson fumbling at the wrong time in the wrong spot. I just hope that uh, Scott Turner can maybe use some of that aggressiveness against them, maybe kind of run some screens and, and stuff to kind of neutralize some of that pass rush because yeah I was you know I obviously don't watch the Raiders religiously but seeing some of the the clips that I saw of Max Crosby just throwing guys around where, wherever he wants yeah. to I mean that's scary and 
you know, Lucas and, and Leno, I don't think they, they played super well on Monday night. And so it's not like they're, they're stud tackles. I mean, they've been really solid, don't get me wrong, but going against that kind of pass rush is going to be a huge test. And you're absolutely right. It, it takes one bad turnover, one bad, you know, fumble to, to set them up and to have the momentum going all in their favor. So they got to keep them in check. And you got to think that Scott Turner is probably drawing some stuff up to kind of get them out of the way or to kind of get them, um, you know, taken care of. Yeah, they're both physical beasts, have long arms, just get off tackle super easy, get that edge and get to the quarterback. I mean, that, that's what I've enjoyed watching the most about the Raiders other than, you know, Derek Carr, who's mm-hmm. a phenomenal quarterback. And then also Denzel Perryman leads the league at linebacker in solo tackles with 76. So, you know, I don't maybe not running the ball is going to be as easy as it was against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Say we're like confident we're, you know, we're pushing – 20 carries again, 25 carries again for Gibson. And he's just not hitting the holes like he did against Seattle. You know, we're down JD McKissick. So now we're forced to start throwing the ball even more. Does that lead to some turnovers with Heineke? Like which Heineke shows up? Does that momentum keep going? So there's a lot of different little factors to watch. For me, it's really limiting those turnovers, long drives, keeping Derek Carr off the field, but just mixing it up, keeping the other defense guessing. Like I said, you don't want to say, like, guys, J.D. McKissick's out. We're going to be throwing it more this game. Y'all get ready. You know, only have three or four in the line and just bring everybody else back in coverage on us because that's what we have to do. Just keep it – like, just don't abandon mm-hmm. the run because you don't have J.D. McKissick. I feel good about Patterson. I feel like, you know, his his shiftiness, his, his speed, he hasn't, like, busted one really this season. But I think this is a really good chance for him to show what he can do against a big – physical team so what's your prediction of really seeing how this one goes once again you know that monday headline how's it looking is it the raiders start beating up on the nfc east again start hitting that stride or is washington four in a row for whatever reason and it's weird to say it i feel pretty good so i think leaving las vegas dot 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 with a win i think that that washington gets the job done i think that they are, something's clicking. I, I keep saying it. Something is clicking with this team on offense and defense. I think that, you know, yes, not having J.D. McKissick or full complement of guys with, with injuries and all that is certainly going to affect them. But I think Scott Turner has been calling some really good games, and I think that they figure out the short yardage situation. And, again, just hold on to the ball, go on those long stretches, and, and really try to limit the number of times that Derek Carr can beat you, limit the number of possessions that he gets, and I think they, I don't think it's a dominating win, but I think they squeak out of there, uh, you know, uh, with a win and, and continue on this role and set up for those division games uh, sitting at 500. Yeah. I feel really good about, you know, the defense. And I, I'm right with you. I feel like, I feel like we win this game, which I didn't think at all three, four weeks ago. I thought this is a game that we clearly lose. Um, but I think the offense is clicking. I think getting Logan Thomas back has been the biggest. I think that's that we're, we're going to see even more this week of how big that really is getting him back. Yeah. I think he has a good game. I don't, I don't trust the Raiders secondary. You know, I don't really trust their linebacker core. Uh, Corey Littleton has been terrible in coverage. He was supposed to be one of the top like free agents last year um, coming from the Rams. Like I wanted him so bad. I was like, this dude is like a coverage beast at linebacker. And he's been awful this year. It's been just Perryman really holding down that linebacker spot. So I feel like they have a lot of weak points in the secondary. I think Terry eats this game too. I think this is I think this is a Terry and Logan Thomas game. I think yeah. both those guys just go off 
And I'm cool with Heineke having to throw the ball more if he does, you know, if he has to, because I think this is really a week that he can flex a little bit. Like, yeah, I got my weapons back. I got my swagger back, kind of like Kelsey did. That's so, right. So I, I, I think, I think we win this one. I'm not gonna say it's a blowout. I don't think it is a big win. I think it's like a six point win. Um, but I, I just think it's too much. I think the Raiders, you know, like you said, the Cowboys were banged up, going through a lot. Top two guys are out. Marks Lawrence is out. They're, they got a lot of injuries too. Mm-hmm. I think they caught them at a good time, made a lot of big plays. But, man, do not let Deshaun Jackson beat us deep. Because yeah, that, that's, that, that's like the storybook Washington way to lose. Deshaun Jackson has like 100 yards and two touchdowns. Yep. That's the last thing I want. But I think we squeak this one out. I think we win four in a row, which is huge. You want all that momentum going into this slate of Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. Because this is where the end of the season is. Like, this is it. There's so many teams in the hunt for the playoffs right now. Like we were saying before we recorded, if you have five wins in the NFC, you have a chance of making the playoffs, which is embarrassing. And and we thought that, you know, it was just the wild card up for grabs, but Dallas has fallen back to the pack. It looked like they were going to run away with the NFC East. So it's not just, you know, squeaking in at that seventh spot. And there's a, there's a real chance you could, you could catch Dallas and playing them twice. That's two games that you can get on them. So yeah, it's, it's huge. And that's, that's part of the reason I think this team is really focused right now and they realize what's in front of them. And uh, I think Ron Rivera's got them, you know, where he's wanted them all season long. It's finally hitting home for everyone, you know, coaches included. And so, yeah, I think that they're just kind of locked in right now on, uh, on a different level. And hopefully that continues out in Vegas. But Vegas is a weird, Vegas is a weird place. You never know what can happen in Vegas. So I'm not going to be surprised by anything, but I like the way this team is playing. Yeah, they say bet on the house, but I think house loses this one. Uh, like <laughs> that's it. what I'm going to call like the next it. episode. House loses if we do win. But like I said, I think catching Dallas at this time, like I know we don't play them next, but like playing them right after the Raiders, I think that's catching them at a good time to, you know, slip out a win. And I think the Eagles and Giants showed us in that game against each other. They're just not good. Mm, I think the Eagles yeah. are so hot and cold. It depends like which which Eagle team you get. Are you going to get like a Jalen Hurts on fire? Or are you going to get a Jalen Rager dropping 16 catches a game Oof. kind of thing? I feel like the NFC East is really up for grabs. I think right now Washington is clearly the best team in the NFC East the way that they've been playing. Now, well, when, when CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper comes back, I will say the Cowboys are better than us. But right now they're not. So it, I don't know. I thought Amari Cooper was going to play last week. They're saying he's probably not even going to play Thursday against the Saints again. So. It's it's like I was saying. You you can look at stats, you can look at records, but it's it's what have you done for me lately? It's what have you done recently? And it's the team that's playing the hottest. It's why we see wild card teams all the time go on runs. Um, it's just Seattle, the, it, the Rams that one year, yeah, like seven and nine. Like it's just yeah. crazy things happen. Get get hot and and keep it rolling, and hopefully Washington can can continue with that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, we make it four in a row. But, guys, we appreciate y'all tuning in. Like I said, it's presented by Bet Online. So, check it out. Get started, get some bets going. I made a little bit of money on this game. I just bet. I had a feeling Washington was going to win this one. So, I feel good about it. Nice. I will say, DK Metcalf, I thought he was going to have his over in his yardage, which was like 40. So, I kind of lost a little bit of some parlays right there, which is why you don't do parlays. Do not do parlays. It is you, you might as well just burn your money. Just do straight bets over unders and spreads. That's it. You'll be safe. I'm interested to see what this line is as the uh, game gets closer on Sunday, see if it changes any um, with the Raiders and Washington. But guys, like I said, we will see y'all back next week, hopefully talking about four in a row, Brian. Let's go, Washington. Awesome. See y'all later. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.